Hello, Black Tribe, Lisa Black. Once again, sitting with the very handsome, very intelligent. Oh, I like that. <laughs> with a full, wide open heart. <laughs> Getting there. Gary Black. Yes. raising the six offspring we had the five kids that we blended and then we had Noah and my concern always was that he was like in this adult world because everyone you know Caleb was five when he was born but everybody else was kind of hitting the teenage years and the thing I used to say all the time is can we just maintain innocence as long as possible mm-hmm. because we often don't watch what we say around little children. We, you know, we let, we were kind of casual about it, but they're absorbing all of it. And I could see Noah absorbing everything around. He was absorbing your anger. Yes. And he was absorbing my fear. Absolutely. And it definitely, uh, it, it's played <clears throat> out in his life. He's had to overcome a lot of fear. Well, what he did, and we're going to get into this is he went inward. Yeah. So he became his own safe person mm-hmm. and nobody else was really safe. Mm-hmm. Now he's very healthy. He's our most healthy child as far as that goes, but we all do this. We right. all do one of these three things that we're going to get to, uh, in this series, <clears throat> but it, he went inward and, and became more of a, what are you, you're a, you like to be alone. You like <laughs> we're introverts. We're introverts. Yes. And yay so, for the introverts. Yay. People don't understand though. Introverts love people. They just have to fill up away from people. Jesus was an introvert. Jesus always got, went away to the lonely what I'm place. Always saying. And got Jesus filled was up. an introvert. He he, but he showed us how to do it. But it's important. He always invited the Father into his solitude. Exactly. He didn't get isolated and watch Netflix for seven hours. That's the difference. Huge. Is what he did with his solitude. Yes. And he filled up, and then he went back and gave away what he had to the people. He could reattach and to the pain. And then when he was empty again, yes. he went back and filled up. And so that's the piece a lot of people are missing. Yes, that's right. Hey, we ended the last session on our hearts get healed when the main areas of our personalities get healed. When our emotions are restored, when our will is restored, and where our thinking is restored. All so of those hope. are in the heart. Yes, there's huge hope. Okay. Look, I'm getting healed just studying this stuff. I'm getting healed by recognizing where I've personally blocked my heart and only lived in out a part of my heart with you, with the kids, with my ministry. I have a lot of people that are hurt uh, in, from the Rock the Nations days, from the 90s ministry that we had. I have some of them reaching out to me right now that want to send me emails about what I did to hurt their hearts. <laughs> I know that I did that. I was I was young and ignorant and stupid. Uh, I thought my ego was much bigger than it should have been. Mm-hmm. I thought I was much bigger and better than I actually was. <laughs> and becoming an ordinary person kind of hidden away in Spain, just doing discipleship. Not very many people understand that or get that. And they think that our gifts much bigger than this. Uh, but it's enough for us. Yes. It's good. It's beautiful. It's pure. And we want to keep it that way. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't go do other things and we're not doing other things around the world. And right. I think that's going to grow. But it's not coming from a place that we want to be extraordinary. Right. It's coming from a place that we're getting healed in our hearts, that we're OK with being ordinary people. That God does extraordinary things through. Right. Not from coming from exactly. us. Exactly. But from him. Exactly. There's a difference. It's a hard, that's a hard thing to get. Well, and I would say most people uh, go to their grave, probably 99.999% of the world go to their grave without a healed heart. 
And so it's a rare thing. So I'm really proud of you for doing this. Well, again, it's, it's what number the one of the number one suicide rates for 50 year old men in the United States. Why? Because they've lived out a part of their hearts, not their whole hearts. Right. Everything's been transactional for them. Right. And they get to 50. You know, we, we have a, we did a blog. There's a famous saying that you're dead at 40, buried at 70. Yeah. So you're already dead. You're kind of like, ugh, not in a good way. Yeah. Yeah. Going through the motions of life because your marriage is transactional. Your kids are transactional. Your work is transactional. Instead of living relationally and experientially from a whole heart, which takes a lot of energy and effort to live a full life, like to, to have a family, to have a spouse, to have a job. When inside you're really dying yes. because your heart is closed. And the cool thing is, damaged. is when you become experiential again and your heart's getting whole, you have more energy. Yes. You have more to give away. So let's talk about experiential okay. Christianity. We, okay. we said that we do that on this, this part three of the journey, a journey into the heart. For most people, Christianity is a set of beliefs held in the mind. Right. Right. It's a theological statement or a doctrinal position. Wouldn't you say? Well, that would, I would just describe all religious, all religions as that. Yeah. And, and quite honestly, we'll get into this. We are way more religious than we realize. Yes. We have to take a journey from religiosity. When um, you say that, though, just for people that don't talk our jargon all the time, what do you mean when you say we are more religious than we realize? We what does religion our, mean? Our hearts are broken. Okay. We're damaged from all the dysfunction in our lives. And so we go to things we know we can control. We go from and we control things in our mind. And so we that's all religion. We go to right and wrong instead of life and right death. And wrong instead of like we go death. to black and white. Yes. And so because we want to control. Right. Because there's nothing in our lives that we can control. But when you are living religiously, you're dependent on your own self-control. Yes. And and there isn't the dependency on God. It's the dependency on you to behave well so that God will love you. That's right. That's what we it's mean. When we, say, when we say religion, that's what we right. mean. Versus freedom. And born to be loved. Born to be loved. I the only reason I'm on this earth is that God loved me. Right. And so he created me in his image. That means that in his image doesn't necessarily mean that we look like him. It means we love like him. Right. So we get to love like Jesus loved. And when we learn that out of a pure, whole, cleansed heart that that, that we're all given when we say yes to yes. him, when we learn to live that way, and Christianity in reality is truth and a person that we experience. And not a doctrine or a the- theology that we obey or or lay our lives down for. So then if you're living with a full heart, um, an open heart, and it's cleansed and it's being healed, then will all those things that you tried to control through religion fall into place anyway? Absolutely. 100%. Okay. So let me say that again, though. Christianity in reality is truth and a person that we experience, the person of Jesus Christ. What good good does it do to leave us on earth to simply believe in a doctrine about Jesus and doctrine about the Trinity and doctrine about open or closed communion? Mm-hmm. What good does it do to believe that mm-hmm. doesn't do us any good? If we're not experienced the person of Jesus Christ on a daily basis, we get bored. Mm-hmm. We get we get lonely. Yeah, it's all, it, it's not a good life. Nothing else. We want to die. That. Yeah. Colossians 2 is one of our it's one of our most quoted verses out here at G42. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Mm. If Christ is just in you, great, we go to get to go to heaven, but there's no no benefit occurs on earth here and now because we are called to experience the life of Jesus, not just simply heaven contained in our human hearts. 
Okay, so Ecclesiastes 3 says he sets eternity in our hearts. Mm-hmm. Okay, so if we believe that, we don't. But if we believe that there's, <laughs> we're eternal beings, we already were, we are, and we're already there. Right. It's a very hard thing. Our mind it's a hard thing. can't wrap around that. We're just here right now with this little suit on that has skin on it. Right, but our hearts can wrap around that. Our yeah. hearts have eternity in them. They know what it means. Right. Our hearts actually know. The personality of our humanness knows what eternity means. Right. But when we don't live at our hearts, we don't know because we're trying to get figured out in our heads. Right? True Christianity is experiential Christianity. We have made our Christianity about a way of thinking or choosing or feeling. We hold the right doctrine, hold the right thoughts, we're moral, we make reasonable decisions, etc. Right? That's what we've made Christianity. Mm-hmm. This moral game contest. Which is impossible. And and then some of us actually start working in the gifts, and so we think we're better than everybody right. else. And right, so we right, start comparing. Right, right. And that's not living out of our whole hearts. We don't want to be better than anyone else. We want to love people. Right. That's the point. Love is the point. There's a deep distrust in evangelical Christianity concerning experience and experiential living. We talked about this a little bit in the first podcast. There's so much distrust that we are often opposed to experiencing God and feeling God and feeling our hearts and feeling emotions that we have come very close to becoming like Pharisees and Sadducees in the scriptures. Most Christians in America can talk about how horrible the Pharisees and the Sadducees were, but it's exactly what we become. Mm-hmm. We become religious, judgmental people who say we love homosexuals and say we love transgenders and say all these things, but, but we actually we, don't go love them. Then we go on Facebook and blast everything. Right. And we fight on Facebook and we fight on, on the social media to prove that we know more yeah. than everyone else. And it turns the whole world off of Christianity. It, it does. That's I don't even like to, you know, I, I in my releasing of my books, I was looking at the categories I could put them in. And I didn't want that, that tone. I didn't want people to think that I was all those things that that represents on the earth right now. Wow. So I'm like, how do I label this? Because I'm, I'm a Christ follower. I want to live as Christ lived. I want to love like Christ loved. But you just, the, you don't get that category the no. category is religion and i thought that's going to turn off people that i'm trying to reach yes that won't open my book which has some of those answers that are all about love and depending on the father not yourself or your self-control right. it's the opposite of a self-help it, it makes book, you, you get to choose which will actually heal you right religion or spirituality right. which to spirituality to most people is weird yes. like new agey and aura and but it's true yeah our aura is our heart our heart is bigger than us right we'll talk about this later but our hearts literally go beyond us uh, it's amazing second kings four guys uh, and elisha Elisha's heart went with, he says, my heart went with you and I saw what you did. Mm. And in, in Song of Solomon, it says, my heart went through the door and saw my lover. Yeah. Our hearts actually can enter. I was doing this the other day. We have a, an old world racer, one of the original ones, I think second or third squad, who got throat cancer. And and his wife is asking everybody to pray. And I literally sat in my heart and asked my heart to enter his hospital room mm. and let God heal him through that. And he got healed. He doesn't yeah, have he cancer doesn't, now. Yeah. He's healed. He's going home today. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I, I, this is the way we experience God. And we see the power of God come through our hearts. Absolutely. Is that crazy? Yeah, it's it crazy. probably is. To the Pharisees and Sadducees, Jesus said this. 
You will keep on hearing, but you will not understand. And you will keep on seeing, but will not proceed. That sounds like America. (laughs) For the heart of these people has become dull. And with their ears, they scarcely hear. Yes. And they have closed their eyes, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and return. And I shall Heal them. Yes. He said that to the Pharisees and Sadducees. I'm saying this to me and the American church. I want you to hear with your ears. I want you to see with your eyes. And I want you to understand with your heart so that you can return to Jesus and be healed. Mm. This is what we have to get to. How many times have you heard you cannot trust your experience? You cannot trust your feelings or emotions because they'll lead you astray. My whole life, my dad told me that. You can't trust your emotions. You don't go off of emotions. Now, I, we teach, and I, you do this great. We rise above our emotions. We never let our emotions rule us. We are not a slave to them. We're never a slave to our emotions right. out of our mind. Right. But the emotions that come from our heart, we can trust because they're yes. pure. That's the And point. it sounds different. That's what people it, always ask me when I teach. That's really good. That, it, it, it sounds it, it different. Is a, it is a peaceful whisper. That, that is continual. That is that is when you know that is the, the voice of God that is speaking to you. Yes. In your heart. Yeah. You know, I'm writing a, a book. Well, I'm trying to write a book. I'm terrible at it, but I'm writing a book uh, called The Death of a Boy. And it's, it's a play on, you know, we lost Michael at 19, which I wouldn't be sitting here. You wouldn't be sitting here if that wouldn't have happened. Uh, and we certainly wouldn't be doing what we're doing out of our hearts if that wouldn't have happened. We've been transcended and transformed by the pain and the death of that. A broken heart. And it happens every day. Yeah. A broken, shattered heart. But what I'm realizing is that I got glimpses of the Father's heart and how to live out of the heart my whole life. As I'm studying this, uh, the first time my dad, who was a disciplinarian and he didn't have parents, his dad was a raging alcoholic. He didn't know how to be a good dad. But at 16, I yelled and screamed at him. And usually I would have got my head taken off. But he started to weep and he told me who I was. He spoke identity into me. And I, I, I didn't know it at the time. I was 16, but I saw a glimpse of the father's heart. I saw the heart in my dad being used mm. and all through my life. And then, and then the biggest one is when I came back to Christ at 24 and I'm just, I'm going to follow Jesus with my whole heart. Tyler's being born. And I go to this conference out in Kansas city and Mike Bickle's preaching and all these people start dancing. I've told this story many times. And uh, my buddy, my pastor friend threw me towards the stage and God took me away in a vision. Mm. And I danced with Jesus in front of Pike's peak in a golden field. And he held my arms and he just spoke to identity. I, I rescued you because I delight in you. Psalms mm-hmm. 18, Psalm 17. You're the apple of my eye gear. And he just started glimpse, getting, helping me get a glimpse of his heart that my heart could become. Yes. And I'm as I'm doing this, I'm realizing the experiences, not my theology or my doctrine, my experiences are, are what has brought me to this point right. of learning what the heart is. Wow. Can you think of any of your experiences? I mean, I, this is kind of something I wanted to ask you is we have an actual organ that is a heart. And the first thing when Michael died that I said to everyone, I didn't say I'm sad. I didn't say I'm angry. I didn't say anything else. I said, my heart is shattered. Yeah. And I felt a physical pain in my chest. Yep. And there are stories of people that receive a heart plant uh, transplant and they have the memories of the person. Yes. That actually. So what does this have to do with the actual organ of the heart? 
Well, so it's not. So when we talk about the heart being the personality, it's not necessarily the organ of the heart, the heart itself. It's that the, the, it's like your spirit, soul and body. It's Jesus working through that. But do we call it the heart because without the heart's connected to everything? Yes. It's the four chambers are pumping everything. Yeah. Yep. And if without that working, nothing else, nothing works. else works. And it goes through the entire body. Exactly. And, and so now we're life. saying that in a spiritual sense as well. Yes. Physically, it's true. We all know that. Right. Spiritually, it's true. Right. None of us have known that. So, yes, you're exactly right. So when our hearts are shattered and we feel like we could literally die, which you and I felt that way many times. Yes. You lost your first husband, you know, losing my first wife to mental illness, all the things we've got walked through and Michael, especially and reputation and businesses and ministries and all the things. Our hearts has been shattered over and over and over, right. damaged over and over and over. And what God wants to do is he wants to, like he says in Isaiah, he wants to straighten that reed, straighten our hearts, put his hands around our hearts and just bring healing mm-hmm. and let the pain drain from the heart. Mm-hmm. And when that happens and it's happening to me at some level, when you get good news or bad news, it, it affects you the same way. You don't become emotional. You might for a moment, but you hold everything the same way. So if I get a call and, you know, I'm going to go speak at some great big conference and get a bunch of influence, I don't go crazy. Or if I get a call and one of our kids is really hurting and we think they might die, I don't, I don't lose my mind for a moment. I go, Oh, and then I, everything comes into order and I know that God's doing something. So I've learned to say, father, what are you doing? If we get stuck at an airport, you know, a few years back, I'd get crazy and angry. Yeah, you would. <laughs> now I go, Hey, what's dad doing? Let's like, go. Let's go. Let's have a party. Like, we'll get more time to work. It's a brilliant thing. But you know, Noah said that to me on the phone the other day, we had a hilarious like two hour talk. And one of the things he said to me, he was telling me some of the things that he was going through and he's like, mom, I, I think I'm dead inside. I don't feel anything like this happened and this happened. And I didn't get upset. I said, I know son, you, you've, but you're not dead inside because you were laughing right now. And this right. is hilarious. What you've learned is that things aren't actually as big of a deal and things are going to work out anyway. And you've learned through 17 years of, you know, having us for parents and us dragging you all around the world and airplanes and international moves and all that stuff that you're going to be okay. Like God is still God. Right. Eternity is still real. Like this, this, my car breaking down is not going to destroy my life. And so he's not, what he's saying is I'm not ruled by my emotions. I know I just can rise above the chaos. And I thought, well, that's pretty good at 17. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's really good. Really good. We've done a little. We did a few things. I did like a thing right Hey, I want you to read Hebrews 5.14. It basically literally says, and I'm going to kind of uh, go through this quickly. I teach this again for a week out here at G42. If you are a leader of leaders and you're in your 20s or 30s and you know that you want to be trained to live this way and you haven't been to G42, hit us up. But Hebrews 5.14 literally says that our senses are trained. Mm-hmm. Our senses are the same senses in the Greek language as they are in the English what I see, taste, hear, touch, and smell. However, the Greek word is a little bit richer than our English word and refers to the feelings and perceptions in the heart and sensations in the body. So it says our hearts literally trains our senses, our touch, our feel, our, our heart, and all that goes through the heart. What Hebrews 5.14, 5.14 is saying is mature Christianity is experiential. It is understanding and training and learning through the physical body and the heart to perceive good and evil. Children can perceive good and evil. They know. 
I love this little story. I was with little Annie the other day. How old's Annie? Ethan and Kristen's daughter. Six. Six years old. And I, I always do this with little kids. Hey, kiss me on the cheek and I'll turn and give him a kiss. And she knew that. So she just looked at me. She says, no, I'm not kissing you. And I did it like four or five times. And she just was, and she, and we kind of played with it and it was fun, but she knew she didn't have to do that. And I love that about her. Yes. And as a clean hearted little child, like we're all supposed to live, we can say no, we'll get into this and it's okay. Yeah. We can draw boundaries in the spirit and it's okay right. when we're honest and we're speaking the truth in love right. from our hearts. Which is what we really need to teach our children. We, we all need to teach our children how to do this. Jesus was a master of this. Matthew 9, 18 through 26. Big crowd is following him, right? Jairus' daughter was dying. Jesus agreed to follow Jairus to his home and heal his daughter. And as the huge crowd followed, and a woman, you know the story well, who had hemorrhaged for 12 years, touched his cloak. Mm. She said to herself, if I can just touch his garment, I can be healed. And immediately she was healed. And what did Jesus do? His senses had been trained. She didn't touch him physically. She touched his garment, it says. She touched his cloak and he felt the power leave his body. And his disciples were like, what do you mean who touched you? There's all these people. How would we know? There are people pressing in everywhere. And Jesus lived from such a place in his heart that he trains his senses and he recognized that power had left his body immediately. Mm. That makes sense? Yes. We have to train ourselves to be consciously aware of our body and consciously aware of our hearts at all times. It's hard to learn because it's an unusual way to live and we've never been taught. Mm. Why? Because we have to feel feel what we don't want to feel. And most of us don't feel because the feelings would feel are negative, would feel negative, and we don't want to feel those negative yeah. thoughts. Right. Because we're so damaged, we're afraid to go back in this space because we know that we're going to have to feel that negative stuff again. Yes, we're going to no, have to face we wanna, it. We want to avoid that at all costs. It's huge. Try to numb it, run away from it. It's hard to le learn to live this way because we're so insecure and anxious and shame based. And what comes back into our experience is the anxiety and the shame. And it's difficult because we are self-conscious people, not self-aware right. people. And finally, it's difficult because we are mentally obsessive or mentally trusting. Mm. We obsess in our minds. I mean, we deal with this all the time with the interns. Yeah. It's constant. If we want to live like Jesus did, to live from our hearts, we have to do a 180 degree turn. Mm. When we get to a place of healing and living our Christian life experientially, we begin to feel Jesus literally living his life through our hearts. It's not enough to say, I know that Jesus loves me. When we live experiential Christianity, we feel Jesus love us. Mm -hmm. We feel his life being lived through us. We feel his very own compassion for others. We feel his forgiveness for ourselves and for others. We feel his, not our humility. We feel his faith, his obedience, and his desire to please the Father. If we are living experiential Christianity, we get to feel what Jesus feels every day. This is in Philippians 1.28, Galatians 2.20, Philippians 3.10. To know him in the Greek means to know him experientially. Mm -hmm. Okay, so if we really want to do this, we've got to shift our mindset to out of doctrine and, and out of theology into experientially knowing and loving Jesus and then experientially knowing and loving others. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Well, that and that's going to require some waking up. <laughs> 
And I, I mean, that's what I feel like is the biggest thing that we face right now on earth is that we're all kind of dulled down and we've all kind of been kind of seduced into a, a stupor of just blindly walking through life and not. And I think the, the word over the earth right now is wake up. Just wake up. It's time to wake it's up. It's time to wake up. Yeah. It, it's time to come alive again and yeah. actually start to live. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly right. And, and honestly, the generation has to have it. Why don't you give us a little insight on what we're seeing right now with the generation and the girls you're working with and the guys and and what your hope is. We're getting ready to go do another Rethink Retirement. Yeah. We're trying to call out older people that don't want to just take people to church, but actually want to live experientially with the generation. Yes. I'm going to teach on this actually at the Rethink Retirement in Gainesville this month. I'll be so, excited to hear it. Yeah. I'm going to teach on women rising up. Women rising up. So what are you seeing? What's what's that? How does this fit into what we're trying to accomplish with the older generation and with the young people? I think that it's it's like everything else. It's like we know, but we don't always have the words for it. Or we don't know what steps to take, but we know. Like we know we're missing something. We know that there's there has to be more. We know that there's... And it, I, I think some of the simple... I always want... Whenever I hear a teaching like this, I'm like, okay, but what do I do tomorrow when I wake up? Like how do I apply this? to my life. Yeah. And I think one of the first places is that's very practical to start is our thought life and the words that we speak. And if we don't start changing our language and if we don't start changing the the trails of thoughts and the things that we put in our mind, we're going to our hearts are going to be closed. Like we were watching a show we really enjoy for a couple seasons now and all of a sudden it got really dark. Like yeah. just like that and we were both we felt heart sick. Yes. And we we're like, okay, well, I guess we're not watching this anymore. It has that kind of effect on us. It does. And it was kind of entertaining and funny and, and really well written. And all of a sudden it just got so dark and we felt gross. Well, and we did that the other day. We walked out of a movie because it was just dumb and gross. And and your mind is too important and your heart is too important. And I think that we have poo-pooed that um, the words that we speak and the, and the trap. I mean, all I'm trying to do right now is retrain my mind to think differently in the middle of the night, you know, when it all comes crashing down on me, everything with Michael and the, you know, just even with this book, the, the, the wolf that, hours, yeah, yes. the wolf hour, it came to me and said, you, I read through my whole book again as we're editing it. And I was like, I am a, not a smart person. Mm. There were people dying around me and I missed this. I mm. missed this. I missed this. And then that started to come into, it's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's all your fault. And then the shame comes. And then the next thing I wanted to do was cancel releasing my book. Mm. Uh, that, that started from that one thought and kind of went into that. But I know that I'm supposed to release my book because there's words in there that are going to transform people's lives to take them from their broken places to healed places yes, because their dependency will be on the Lord, not on themselves. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And and so we're going to keep going slow and working through this. Are you good with that? I think we need to keep talking about how we get to trust our hearts and what does it mean to trust our whole hearts? We, we have to learn how to trust that our heart is representing reality to us. Mm. And so let's keep going on this. I'm having fun. Are you having fun? I'm having fun, babe. All right. Good, good, good. All right, guys, we will continue. Uh, hey, if you've got any questions, go to GaryandLisaBlack.com. You can message us from there. Uh, Gary at TheBlackTribe.com or Lisa at TheBlackTribe.com is our email. And any questions, any um, any thoughts, any revelation that you're getting, uh, I want you to press in and pray that God continues as you listen to this series uh, 
to 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 soften your heart. We we we're going to talk about this in the next couple of podcasts, but we have hard and blind and religious hearts and God wants us to get to a soft heart and to live like Jesus did. And so we're going to go after that. Hey, Father, in Jesus name, we just pray for everyone listening that you would uh, just reveal more of your heart to them and reveal their own hearts to them. That, Father, we uh, as a black tribe, as as a Christian body, as the body of Christ, as the bride of Christ, will begin to live experientially again and begin to live from a place like Jesus did from our hearts so that we can love our neighbor as ourselves. Amen. Mm -hmm. Thanks, baby. Look forward to the next one. All right. Bye bye.